Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. So grab your program. I'm going to read this verse for us, then we're going to talk about it uh, in the few minutes that we have. I'm actually, you have one verse. I think you have John 1.14 on your program. If you're familiar at all with the Bible, the, the birth stories or the birth narratives come out of Matthew and Luke, more of the historical narrative. But John's gospel is more of a theological reflection. And I love the way that he invites us to see who God is in the person of Jesus. I'm going to read first John chapter 1, and beginning in verse 1. You don't have that, but if you have a Bible with you, you can open it to John's gospel. So New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And right there, the first chapter, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So I'm going to push pause. I remember the very first time I read this, I was, like, I was so confused. I was a high school student, and I was like, what in the world is he talking about, the Word? So spoiler alert, down in verse 14, it tells us that the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read those verses again and put Jesus' name in there. In the beginning was Jesus. Think of it that way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. In him, Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And then down in verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Yet, to all who received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Now let's just go down to verse 14 because I want to stick with this theme of the Word. The Word became flesh. In youth ministry, when I was a youth minister, we used to say that means God in a bod. God in a bod. God in a body. The Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. When you think about God, do you think of a God that's full of, how would you fill in the blank? Full of grace and truth. And then you go down to verse 17, and it says, the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son 
who's God himself. Full of grace and truth. That's what we're going to look at this morning. Here's a, a, a phrase from uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Some of you are familiar, familiar with his work, his writings, The Cost of Discipleship. He said this, it's only because he became like us that we can become like him. It's only because he became like us that we can become like him. Full of grace and truth. I'm just going to just kind of land right there this morning. We're just going to talk about grace and truth. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Grace. What is grace? Well, the technical definition is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Think about undeserved love, unconditional love, a love that is generous, grace. I, I always refer back to Philip Yancey. He has that book that he wrote several years ago, What's So Amazing About Grace? But one of the things that Yancey says that I just, it, it's, it's so good, is he says that, that grace is scandalous, but, but then he even pushes us even further. He says, grace is offensive. It's offensive. If you're not offended by the generous, forgiving, not just second chance God, you know, 2,000, 2 millionth chance God, new morning mercies God, if somehow you're not a bit offended by the grace of God, you don't really, and I don't really understand how good God is. And when you treat people with this kind of, yeah, yeah, but what if he does it again? Yeah, he probably will do it again. But there's grace, but there's grace. But that's how God treats us. There's grace, there's grace, there's grace. There's forgiveness, there's second chances. It's interesting that 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, Peter says that we are to grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus. God is full of grace. And then he says to his people, I want you to grow. Because grace isn't natural for me. And I'm guessing it's not natural for you. Grace, generosity, undeserved, unmerited favor. I'm going to show you a little clip that um, movie came out last year. It's like the fifth or sixth or twelfth version of The Grinch, that, that, right? But I love the way this film ends. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to presume that you're familiar with the story of, of The Grinch that stole Christmas. But Lucy Liu, that little girl, she goes to The Grinch's house, and she invites The Grinch to come to her house for Christmas dinner. And he responds shocked, like, I can't believe you're inviting me. He goes, I stole Christmas from you. I, I, I ripped you off. And you're inviting me? And, and, sh and, 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 and as he says that, he goes, I stole Christmas from you. And Lucy Lou goes, I know. I know. And we, we still want you to come. That's grace. We still want you to come. And so here's the Grinch going to... Lucy Lou's house. Watch this. Right. Okay. Mm. 
Um, this is a bad idea. I, 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 I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. They're all gonna hate me. All right. I did it. Mr. Grinch, I'm so happy you decided to come. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I, I wore a tie. And it's a very nice tie. Cindy Lou, look who came. Mr. Grinch, you're here. Hello. Come on in. I'll show you around. Oh, okay. Hello, Mr. Grinch. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Aunt Ida, I'd like you to meet my friend, the Grinch. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Mr. Grinch. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Oh, here, let me take that for you. Oh, thank you. Cindy Lou, could you make a little room for this? No, don't worry, I, I've got it. Huh, isn't that thoughtful? <laughs> well, is that grouchy, grumpy, huh? Grinchy I see standing over there? <laughs> Ricklebaum, good to see you. Come on, Grinchy, give me a hug. Oh. <laughs> it don't count if you don't hug back, buddy. <laughs> okay, come take your seats, everyone. Dinner's ready. Come on, you're sitting next to me. Here you go. First Christmas dinner. What happens? You'll see. Would you do the honors, Mr. Grinch? Oh. Uh, okay. Do you mind if I say something first? Not at all. Um, well, everybody, I, I just want to say I've spent my entire life hating Christmas and everything about it. But now I see that it wasn't Christmas I hated. It was being alone. But I'm not alone anymore. And I have all of you to thank for it. But especially this little girl right here. Ma'am, your daughter's kindness changed my life. That's my girl. Oh, that was beautiful. That's my best friend. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Grinch. Merry Christmas, Cindy Lou. <laughs> and the Grinch raised his glass and led the Who's and a toast. To kindness and love, the things we need most. That's church, the way it ought to be, right? When you watch that, don't you, want, don't you want that? Don't you want to be part of that? I watched that clip over, and I just oh, I want to be at that table. 
I want to be Lucy Lou. I want, I want somebody to say, your kindness changed my life. That's powerful. That's what grace does. Grace changes your life and my life. Unmerited, undeserved. The Grinch didn't deserve it, but just that generosity of kindness will change the world, will change your marriage, will change your family, will change a church. I want you to think about the table, barn to table. Uh, I have a, a buddy of mine who's a pastor down in Orange County of a, a good-sized church, and they just did a, a build-out of a new facility. And most churches on the front of the building would have a, a symbol that they would put on the front of the building, and what would it be? It'd probably be a cross, right? Isn't that what most churches put on? You know what he put in the front of his church? A table. This big, long table. When you go to his church, there's this big, long table in front of the church. Why would they do that? Think about that. Some of you are going, ah, sacrilegious. What? Ah. Why would they put a table? Think about that. The table, the table, the table. What is the table? Think about the table here in this video we just saw at the Grinch. What's the purpose of the table? The Lord's Supper, Jesus' invitation, come to the table. The table is about community. It's a table of grace. It's a table of truth. We learn the truth about God. So for them, the table represents a God that's full of grace and truth. A God who calls people together around a table to love each other to do life together, to share life together. The table, this, this series is from barn to table. God in a bod coming into the barn and then gathering people around the table, the table of grace. What about truth? I'm talking about grace, I love grace. Some of you are like, ah, grace, grace, grace. And it's like, yeah, but what about truth? That, that, that's in there too, by the way. Full of grace, let's close in prayer. No, nope. grace and truth. There's a book uh, that I just picked up again. Uh, it's called Changes That Heal by Henry Cloud. It's a great, great, there's a whole chapter on grace and truth. In fact, his paradigm for spiritual growth in the book is, if you really want to get serious about spiritual growth, it's three things. It's grace. It's truth, and it's time. It's grace plus truth plus time equals spiritual growth. Here's how Henry Cloud defines truth. Truth is what is real. Truth is what is really going on. It describes how things really are. That's truth. And so when we talk about the Bible as God's truth, God is describing how the world really is, how people really are. The Bible describes who God really is, the truth about his character, the truth about his grace. 
Truth is the perfect law of God. I love this line that he uses in the book. God's truth is a prescription for us and how to live. His truth protects us and causes us and causes our lives and relationships to be healthy. His truth, that's where it leads. When we follow his truth, it leads to health. It leads to a life of thriving and flourishing, right? So we got grace and we got truth. We don't have grace or truth. Notice it doesn't say it's one or the other, and it doesn't say it's 50% one and 50% the other. Full of, 100%. And this is the life that God's inviting you and me into. Full of grace and truth. I read this quote. We have it on the screen. Uh, and I'm gonna, I, wanna, I want you to, I'm going to read it slowly, but I want you to just soak in this because it, it helps us see what about what's grace without truth and what's truth without grace because most of us in this auditorium kind of major on one of them and we need to grow in the other one, right? Some of us are all about grace and not much truth. Others of us are all about truth and man, there's not much room for grace. But, but listen to this reflection. Grace and truth are distinct and yet they are not mutually exclusive. But when people focus on one without the other, they usually fall into two extremes. They either embrace a gospel of grace without truth or a gospel of truth without grace. And grace without truth is not really grace. Truth without grace is not really truth. So here we go. Listen to this. Just soak in this. This is just really powerful. Grace without truth pampers. Truth without grace hammers. Grace without truth is love without correction. Truth without grace is correction without love. Grace without truth is mercy without justice. Truth without grace is justice without mercy. Grace without truth is soft and spoils people. Truth without grace is harsh and crushes people. Either extremes are neither of Christ or the gospel. Isn't that powerful? He's holding these up. I think about parents here, right, too. We parent with grace and truth. Grace and truth, grace and truth. So let's think about the table as we wrap this message up. Jono last week gave us this really powerful message and he took us into Luke chapter 22. The Last Supper, they gathered around the table. In fact, uh, if you have a Bible, you flip there really quick. Verse 14, when the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. And he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat the
And now he's about ready to have a truthful conversation with them. But he's letting them know ahead of time that he's going to suffer. He's let them know that as a symbol of his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy. But also the truth of dealing with the reality of sin and our selfishness and our bent towards wanting to have my own truth rather than surrendering and submitting to God's truth. That's part of the, the disease that we all have. It's called sin and selfishness. And at the Last Supper, around the table, this community was a gracious community, but also a truth-telling community. And it just it occurred to me as I was reading it this week that Jesus... He knew those disciples were going to desert him. He knew ahead of time they were going to betray him and deny him. And he stayed at the table. And it just occurred to me the grace in that, staying at the table. I I wouldn't do that. If I knew that you were going to turn your back on me, If you were going to rip me off in a business deal, dude, I'm out. Bye. I just check out, I just check you off my list. You're out of my life. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying that's real. And Jesus sits there at the table. John chapter 13 says he loved them to the end, washed their feet all around this whole event. Grace, Jesus stays, he stays, he stays at the table. And what happens at that table? If, we don't have time to, to read through the whole thing, but it's interesting to me that he has three different conversations at the table. Judas, somebody around this table is going to betray me. He, he gets real with these guys. And then there's, well, who's going who's to be? Who's going to be? They're whispering. And then they start arguing at the table about which one of them's the greatest. Who's the best leader? Who's going to be at his right, right? Jesus keeps it real there. And it's a truth-telling conversation. And he tells them, you know, you want to be great? Become a servant. You want to be the leader? Become the servant. And then he has a third truth-telling conversation at the table, and it's just simply the one with Peter. Who's, Peter's like, I'm going to be there for you. He goes, no, actually, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. Grace and truth right there at the table. Grace and truth, grace and truth. So let me just, let me close with this thought. This month, you're going to be around a table probably more than once. And I want to invite you to stay at the table. Remember when we were teenagers? It's like, man, just eat your food and then blow out of there. Like, you just want to get out of there. But what if you stayed? What if you stayed? What if you stayed? What if you stayed? That's where the magic actually happens, isn't it? That's where the conversations that are rich and meaningful happen, when we stay. When we stay. When we stay at the table.
like Jesus, stay at the table. And I'm wondering if, if there's some conversations that aren't happening that need to happen this Christmas around the table in your marriage, with your kids, with your aging parents, with co-workers, staying at the table. You know, Paul in Ephesians chapter 4.15, a, a very familiar verse to some of you, says, speaking the truth in, what's the word? Love, which is grace. Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Those are the conversations that I want to invite you to this Christmas. Speaking the truth in love. Being gracious, but being truthful. Being great. And I've shared about some of those conversations I've had with my extended family this past year. Conversations that got real, that are hard, that can be challenging, but that are necessary, full of grace and truth. You've got to have them both for there to be growth, for there to be transformation, for there to be life change. So I'm going to invite you to the table, this table that is full of grace and truth, have the band come up. Let me remind you on the night in which he was betrayed around the table, we read that Jesus took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink in remembrance of me. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. You proclaim his grace and truth. And so as you come to the table today, there's not, there's not a secret handshake. There's no like secret club. But you come to this table because you want to follow Christ. It's directional. Maybe last night you weren't following Christ, but this morning you're here. That's grace. There's grace at this table for those that are rebellious, for those that are wayward, those that have drifted away from God. But today you say, I, I, I want forgiveness. I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. I want to be connected to my creator. You come to the table. There's grace for you. The truth is that God is merciful and his mercy triumphs over judgment. And so when you're ready, you come and you can kneel around the table or you can uh, come up here and just rip off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, maybe say a little whisper, a little prayer of thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me and for never giving up on me. Thank you for a, a new beginning. God, give me courage to have that conversation I know I need to have, right? As even as I was saying that, there were people that came to mind for you. Who needs more grace? Who needs more truth in your life? And then go and live that way today. When you're ready, let's all stand together and then come when you're ready and partake. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.